Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And welcome to the podcast that is tired of school. You've tuned into another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I'm your host, Carlos Johnson. I go by A1. You can also call me Dan. You can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing uh, by going to the podcast app of your choice. You can find us at all the top spots. Um, you can also uh, go to YouTube, search Brains and Bars, uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you can be uh, in the loop on all the latest content posted to the platform. Hit that bell. Ding. Um, <laughs> also, sorry, I'm reading off the screen. Follow us on all social media by searching at Brains and Bars. That's Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Instagram, I told you I'm tired. Instagram. Twitter and Facebook. Um, yeah, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host. Hey, War, what's going on, man? Welcome everybody to it's a black and white thing. <laughs> I am your co-host, A Ward. This is how you introduce yourself. This man. is how you say words. This is how you yeah. enunciate. And this is the podcast where one of us is tired, and the other one is going to carry all the weight tonight. Meaning I'm Might tired too. To. So no, I'm tired too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh thank you guys for joining in. I am award.com. Please, 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 please go to the website. Don't mind the fact that I haven't posted on there in a couple months, but go to the hyperlink, social media, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, whatever it may be. Follow me on all of them. Um, I'm not super cool yet, but uh I'm worth the follow. Uh it's great to be here. Uh, it's also great to have back one of our guests that's been on the show. Once before. Second Only time. once? Yep. He, he was never on it when it was – that's right. His contract was that people had to see him for him to be on the show, right? <laughs> so whenever <laughs> – the first the first 60 episodes we tried to get uh, Loso on, but when he found out it was just an audio podcast, he said, you know, um, marketing-wise, image, branding would be a lot better if we yeah. could use his clear camera, his microphone, and just, you know. So it's good to have you, Loso. I am Loso, uh, the foundation and the pillar of uh, It's a Black and White Podcast. And so uh, thank you for tuning in to the last 64 episodes without me. But today that all changes. <laughs> I'm back, bro. I'm excited to come and, uh, and talk everything battle rap and sports and life with you guys. No, no, no. I could do an hour and 15 on life right now. That's all I know. <laughs> but we can stick to battle rap and sports. Now, it's good to have you. Thanks for giving us your time. Tell your family we appreciate them for allowing us to borrow you. And A1, thank you for putting up with my tardiness today. I'm sorry. Sorry, it sorry, happens. sorry. I think I was late. I think the last time we did this, I was the one that made everybody late. So, you know, it happens. It happens. That's cool. We're Yo. even. So I do want to say one thing about the YouTube channel. Um, if you are new to the podcast, please go follow us on YouTube. If you have been a recurring listener of us on podcast, please go and check out uh, the content. It's a fairly new channel. I'm trying to build the content up. So we have an episode with Loso on there. I think, I think that might be the only sports podcast we have on there. Yeah, the rest of them are um, there. No, that's not true. We have Jesse. We have two oh. episodes with uh, homie Jesse going over the Detroit Bad Boys episode of uh, the Last Dance, and then I have two KC Christian Hip Hop. If you're into Christian Hip Hop from Kansas City and know of the artist Chris Lee 83, we recap their battle. They had a hits battle here locally. Shout out to Praise 95.3. And they then came on the show to break down their choices. So go check all of that out. Um, also, hey, uh, Carlos, um, real quick 
for all of our um, consistent listeners out there, if you've been following us for a minute now, you may have noticed an upgrade with our logo, with our branding. Shout out to Michael Nicole Creatives for coming through in the clutch. This is a fact. He will be working with us moving forward as well. <laughs> I like the way how he's incorporated the us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, you know? he's a new member. I like that. I like that. Team spirit. Team spirit. All right, so um, let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, so if you listen to the show regularly, you know that I do what I have learned this week. Um, and outside of being sick of school, the only other thing that I've learned is this YouTube thing is, has got me in a, into an editing bag. And it's a lot of work. A lot of work, a lot of work editing videos, depending on what the topic is and what you can and cannot post on YouTube. So that's all I've learned for the week. I'm done. It's short, sweet, to the point. Let us know what you learn by going to YouTube in the comment section. Hit us up, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what you learned this week. And with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to A-Ward. What are you looking forward to this week, sir? I'll tell you what I'm not looking forward to this week. What's that? This tape measure and continuing to renovate my house. That's what I'm not looking forward to this week. Apparently, we're going to go buy nine new doors on Saturday. Nine. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you had that many doors in your house. She's probably listening. That's a, that was a slight flex. If you didn't it was know. a slight flex, but <laughs> she's probably listening out here. So I got, I got to keep that one short, but <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. I am looking forward to this week. Oh, it's not this weekend. Crap, man. I'm getting my days and everything mixed up. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm looking forward to Peyton Manning beating Tom Brady in freaking golf. It's Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. It's on May 23rd, though, so technically it's not this week. But I am, I've am i been reading a lot of articles on that. I've watched some of the trash talk. It was hilarious. Peyton Manning was giving Tom Brady. Is that Brady. in Tampa? Are they doing it in Florida? It's in Orlando, I think. Yeah, so if you're going to go, let me know. I'll come You know, I'll come down. And uh, me and Peyton are pretty close, so I'm sure we can get in. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to hopefully a continued hot streak in um, recruiting news where, you know, these, these recruits, they grab these hats and they put them on and it just says, pow, committed, committed. I'm not going to lie. I was a little salty that Loso said the 30 for 30 was going to be, let me tell you a time when volunteers were paid. That was so fire. That was super fire. <laughs> I was mad. <laughs> I was mad at how witty and dope that was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So no, that's basically all. Like I said last week, all I've been paying attention to is college football recruiting because it seems to be live and in real time. You're getting like actual announcements and different things. Um, and uh, I guess today they announced that you know the the Avengers of the NBA got together and decided that they were going to you know summon Captain Planet with their Earth Wind Warriors and you know Lakers rings (laughs) and hopefully bring back basketball so i don't know we'll see i don't know how i feel about it how do, i mean how do you how do you guys feel about sports coming back because i read dan or Vlas or whatever his name is. all i know him is the guy that got the safety in the end zone was a quarterback for the lions right when he just like he rolled out and just decided to run out of bounds anyway yeah. i saw him saying you know that uh that we needed football like or something to that extent like it seems like they're putting sports over the whole you know, coming back too soon type type mentality. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Um, I think for me, it uh, – would I like to have sports back? Yes. Of course. Um, do I want 
do I necessarily want to watch it without fans? No. Um, nah, that'd be weird. It does, like we talked about the last time we all got together, it does nothing for the economy. If sports come back, but you can't have fans. UFC without fans was not bad at all. I mean, but that's UFC. Dang, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch it. I did watch UFC this past weekend, and it was actually a really stacked card, a really good fights. It was entertaining. It was, but um, I'm with you. But I do know that the state of at least California or Oregon has already ruled out you know, events through September. Well, um, today, uh, California state, like, like, uh, board, you know, mm-hmm. so that's the overseas Cal, mm-hmm. Cal state, like all they, they basically said that they would have no students on campus for the whole in year the fall semester in the fall semester. So no students on campus. Oh, wow. The rest of so the year. That's so, why the article about Alabama was talking about switching TCU out with USC. I saw that article today. Alabama's in talks with TCU. They're supposed to play USC the first week in Arlington. And apparently they said, like, if something's going on with Southern Cal and they're, you know, however they're operating or whatever, then they're going to try to get TCU to play them instead. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. No other college could probably switch their opponent like that except Alabama. (laughs) They're just like, you know what? (laughs) There has been discussion about – that type of thing, what well, that type of thing could happen this year, right? So they've been talking about um, schools trying to play other schools regionally, so places that you could probably get to on bus versus getting on a plane. So you might have Ohio State if they were—I don't know what their big name opponent this was. Let's just say they were scheduled to play like Clemson or something, right? Right. Instead of playing Clemson, they'll take on Akron. Yeah. Or they might go Miami of Ohio instead. So that way it's something they, they can get on a bus. Maybe it's going to be a five or six hour ride, but you can get on the bus, go there, come back, and you, you can avoid planes and airports as much as humanly possible. Um, and so I think they said that like the Pac-12 was, they have a huge issue because they are so spread out. You got Oregon, you got Washington, all the way down to Arizona. Um, you know, Big Ten, you have a, a large footprint. Um, where you have, you know, Rutgers and Nebraska, right? So you can't play those games because you can't – you have to get on the plane to do it. So um, right. there have been talks about college, the college football season. If they can have a full season, I know Iowa said they were starting up in June. Like their, their president uh, came out and said that. So schools are trying to figure out a way to do this because like we, we talked about before, like, if you can't have a college football season, I don't know how many programs return once you finally can have a full season. Just because it's so much it's so much revenue for the school. If you miss yeah. out on it for a full year, it could be detrimental. Now, most of the uh, the podcast itinerary is, I mean, heavily NBA, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna add an impromptu segment, right? We can okay. do this in we can do this in seven minutes, right? Okay. We're going to give predictions for our college football teams if they play their full upcoming schedule. <laughs> all right. I need to know what you guys think your team is going to do. All right. So here I'm pulling up college football schedule, 2020 Notre Dame. All right, here we go. Notre Dame. You don't have to study it too much or anything. So here we go. I'll give you, I'll give you the, I'll give you the game. You tell me if it's a win or a loss. Okay. Game one, Navy. Win. Game two, Arkansas. Win. Game three, Western Michigan. Win. Game four, Wake Forest. Win. Game five, at Wisconsin. So that's that was supposed to be at Green Bay, actually, at Lambeau. Oh, really? 
Yeah, it was. Uh, We're four and zero right now. I'm gonna give him the W. I'm gonna okay. add him the W. All right, Stanford at Notre Dame. Dub. Notre Dame at Pittsburgh. For some reason, it's gonna be a tough game. It's gonna piss me off, but dub. <laughs> yeah. Duke at Notre Dame. Dub. Clemson at Notre Dame. L. <laughs> I want to say dub so bad, but I, I yeah. L. Notre Dame at Georgia Tech. Dub. Louisville at Notre Dame. Dub. And Notre Dame at USC. I'm gonna say L there. So ten and two. Is that what we're doing? Is that ten and two? Ten and two. And they get knocked right. out of the college football playoff on the final weekend. On the final weekend. Yeah. All right. Let's see what. Let's see who the Gators are playing. All right. Uh, game one against uh, Miami Penitentiary uh, for no, <laughs> no, <laughs> Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. W. Kentucky. W. South Florida. South Florida. Yeah. Oh, South Alabama. Excuse me. South Alabama. My bad. W. At Tennessee. W. I'll say this much. I probably will have Tennessee losing to Florida, but I will say this much. Playing Eastern Washington, Washington, Kentucky, and South Alabama before a big road game like that is probably not the best. You, you, you're probably going to wish that you've, you've actually faced somebody <laughs> before, that, before that match. All right. Uh, South Carolina at Florida. Oh, that's a W. LSU at Florida. That's a W. They've lost everyone, bro. Yeah, Florida. They, they, we, we, we watched every one of them get drafted. We, know, we, we said that. Even last year, though, I try to tell we played them the toughest. If you, ju- I know the score looks like we lost by – I mean, it doesn't look. It says we lost by 14 or – I forgot, 14 or 21. But yeah. we played them tough the whole – at least for three quarters, bro. But, uh, but yeah, no, we're going to beat LSU this year. And right. it's at home, right? Uh, yes, it's at home. Yeah. Florida at Ole Miss. No, that's a W. Georgia at – well, technically Georgia-Florida's – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's going to be our toughest uh, matchup. So, I assume <laughs> that if you have them beaten Georgia, you probably have them undefeated. That's it, yeah. That, and I was going to tell you that before you even wanted to go there. Yeah, yeah. This is – put it this way. This is our best season in a while for us, one, to make the college uh, playoff, and then two, I mean, just to make it to the championship. I mean – We'll meet Alabama into the SEC. I mean, unless you guys do something miraculous, but we'll beat Alabama. And that's it, man. I'm going to say. I don't know who Florida's losing to. With that that's South Carolina game. That South Carolina game, gonna be, that's going to be the one that's going to give you blood pressure. That's going to have your blood pressure on. You might win it, but for four, but for three and a half quarters, you're going to be sitting there pissed off like, bro, how are we – where's Trask? Yeah. Where's Trask? <laughs> I've been a look. I've actually been on this campaign for. I think Florida would be a more of a threat on offense if Emory was the starting quarterback. This is the thing, man. You guys do not have a running game. Like, and all the recruits, all the recruits that have been running backs that were supposed to go to Florida are not going to Florida. So I'm hoping that they grab somebody. I mean, he went to TCU, the one guy that we were kind of trying to get, but yeah. That's fine. We've uh, been by committee for a while, though. It's going to be tough. Speaking of losing running backs, Notre Dame lost a running back to Clemson. That they – that the kids said Notre Dame recruited him more than Clemson did. Like, they were more in his 
like calling him, trying to get in home, Zoom calls, everything, and he still went to Clemson. All anyway, right. I'm going to do – I'll do. I'll give you Tennessee. Okay. Uh, all right, so they start off the season with Charlotte. That's a W. Then they go to Oklahoma. Which is a game that we will be attending if you're willing. I'm going to Norman, bro. That's not far. That's five-hour drive. If, you don't even know if they'll have fans in the stands. They're going to have one fan in the stand. That's going to be me. <laughs> I don't care if you got to sit three seats away. <laughs> All right, so Tennessee, Oklahoma. <sighs> that's going to be like – like, that's going to be the – we'll see what this team is made of. I got us taking the L in this game. However, I think that we take uh, like an L that is like a hell of a football game L. Like, I think that you're going to see, like, okay, Tennessee's not, you know, nothing to mess with type type game. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Herman. I'll say one more. Win. Florida. That's a W. That's a W this year. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because we played Oklahoma already. Because we got Florida coming in after they've mollywopped three teams that they had no business being on the field with. And it's at home. And I'm just – just the way we're owning Florida and recruiting right now, I just think it's going to just – I think it's going to like – You guys will be Tennessee again. Let's kick off. It's very possible. But for my predictions, I'm taking the W. Because I was like, – I'm telling you, we're going to beat Florida or Georgia this year. One of those games we're going to win. I'm going to go with the home game. Just go for prediction. It's more huh? likely that you would beat Georgia, though. If it was at home, I would say that. If they were both at home. But since this at Georgia, I'm – but – I'll tell you this much. Okay, we'll, we'll keep going. We're gonna beat Florida. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. Can we? Are we? Are we gonna put a, a wager on this? Yeah, we can. We can. We can make a wager. Not these low so wagers though. Where he bets flights and like like hundreds of dollars and like like. <laughs> <laughs> but we can. We can make a wager. Um. But you're saying uh, that's a trap game for us. That's a. I think it. I think it's a. It's not a trap game because I mean, let's be honest. It's Tennessee, Florida, right? Um, every year you play us lately, 14 out of the last 15 years, I think you beat us. I think it's 14 out of 15, you know? So it's like, I'm not naive to that. But what I'm saying is, is that it's just I, Florida. And in a couple of years in a row, it's been like one, one touchdown games. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot. Yeah. There's been close games. Yeah. And there's a couple of years. I mean, obviously the freaking Felipe Franks, Hail Mary. Oh my gosh. You know, he plays for Arkansas now, too. They might beat you guys with <laughs> Felipe Franks. Um, but, um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So, I'm going to take, a, I'm gonna take a, a win over Florida. Okay. All right. Missouri? At home, yeah, that's a win. South Carolina? I think that's a win, too. Uh, home to Bama? I can't pick us over Alabama yet, man. I don't know why. But, man, honestly, oh. honestly, though, I might oh. – I might take a win over Alabama over Florida. We're not going to win both of those games, though, I don't think. I don't think you see Tennessee at 7-1. and one. Tennessee actually has a tough schedule, bro. Man, this is an easy schedule compared to normal. <laughs> yeah, compared to normal. But, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm putting it in light of ours. But... Right. The only reason it's a tough schedule is because, one, Oklahoma, and, two, well, we play Alabama every year. But, like, usually we always play Alabama and another team from the West. And, like, lately it's been Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, you know, like teams that are actually good. This year, luckily, we get Arkansas. So, uh, I'll take an L to Alabama. Speaking of, Arkansas. We win on the road against Arkansas. Uh, home to Kentucky. We beat Kentucky. Road, Georgia. 
take an L to Georgia, home Troy, beat Troy, and beat Vanderbilt. So I got us that nine and two. No, nine no, no, no. Oklahoma, Alabama, and Georgia. But I tell you this much. I feel like we clearly are going to beat everybody except Florida, Georgia, Bama, and Oklahoma. There's four games there that I feel like we could get two of them. But we might not get any of them. I think eight and four is like the bot. Like if it's, if we if we don't finish eight and four at the lowest, like it's a failure of a year. Yeah, I was going to say this is a make or break year for Pruitt. Like if he yeah. doesn't get, if he's he's got to show a lot of improvement this year. We return 19 starters. Mm. We went six and zero the last six games last year and won our bowl game. You know, so like the only people we lost were um, a wide receiver, a defensive end, and a. Um, <clears throat> A linebacker. So that's the only three starters that we lost. I mean, who knows though? It's freaking Tennessee, bro. We could start off. We could lose. Oh, freaking Charlotte and Furman and all that, then turn around and beat Alabama. It's freaking Tennessee. Yeah. So yeah. when you edit this, put a little logos beside our names with our with our records. So make, since you're in your editing bag, <laughs> make that the thumbnail. Clip it down. We're good to go. We'll see what I can do. Oh God! Don't you don't don't remind me about editing. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. So let's get into it. Let's get into uh, this other discussion that wait, we have wait, on, wait. on topic. Yo, what am I looking forward to? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Loso. What do actually, Loso? Tell us something you learned last week and something you're looking forward to this week. Wait, no, no, no. Uh, that's that's Come a charity. On. That's a charity segment you just gave. Me. No, you get you get one of each. <laughs> Look, what I'm looking forward to. It's tomorrow, Loso and A-Ward versus B-Dot and Geechee drops on YouTube for the world to see. No, I, for, I forgot about that for promo. I had it in my head, but yeah. Yeah, finally. because you basically fumbled the whole introduction to the podcast. <laughs> no, like I am, I'm running on fumes, yo. Like I'm running on fumes, but I did want to push this back for another day. I needed, we needed yeah, to get yeah. done. No, 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 good stuff. It's my fault anyway. But yes, that's a great thing to be looking forward to. Myself and Loso. We basically finished each other's. Mm. Come on, bro. Wow. You fu- no. talk about fumbles. No, I knew what he was doing. I thought you were doing it. <laughs> no, this is, he's talking about your battle. I said we basically finished each other's. Genesis. Yeah, and so, you know. <laughs> and that's a choke, love, so. That's a choke. Well, I didn't say anything. That, exactly. Exactly. That's why it's a choke. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, though. I'm excited. To, I don't know. I'm just curious, view-wise, like, you know, King of the Dots views are kind of low. Um, but with four of us on there and with not a lot of other stuff dropping, like, I would think that it should at least do 200,000 views pretty pretty easily. But then again, I've been proven wrong tons of times on King of the Dots. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like I said uh, when I retweeted it, like, I've, I've watched a lot of that first round that, like, when I'm watching it, like, I'm – I can. I'm I can frustrated. Recite. I'm so mad at that first round. Like even in the trailer, like where we have to stop because people are like reacting and saying stuff. Yeah. So frustrating. But it's it's. I mean, it's obviously great material. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, that drops tomorrow. Loso Ward versus B Dot Geechee, King of the Dot. Man, please go and and run that. And one thing I am going to clip down is Loso not finishing the sentence, just to show that you know it it takes that chemistry. That's still. Even though you know you're new two on two, that chemistry you're still working on it a little bit. Yeah, it was a lag in the connection. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right, cool. Let's go ahead and jump into this Last Dance documentary. So um, we weren't able to link up last week, so I want to go through episodes five and six because there are some things that I noted about Jordan and kind of what he was going through in those particular episodes that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, and the episode starts off, I think it's episode five with Jordan in a hotel room and he's talking about, yo, like, you don't want to be me. Yeah. You know, this look, this life looks sweet, um, but it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And then it goes to show him, you know, he's okay. Leaving the hotel fans all around and want autographs, want a piece of him. He's meeting with a, a, like a, for lack of a better term, like a kid who's like make a wish right, who has like some type of terminal disease or some type of disease. He's meeting their, them and their family, taking pictures, signing autographs before the game. Then he goes through the preparation for the game. Game happens, more autographs, meeting more people, um, more fans in the hallway, more fans at the hotel, and then his night is done. And these type of uh, restraints or these type of, not restraints is not the word I'm looking for, but these type of demands are not being made of any other athlete on the team, not to that level. Um, Then you start to add in, you know, they went back between that 98 season and that 93 season where the gambling stuff starts to come out, right? Um, The Atlantic City visit during the 93 playoffs against New York. And he's just – he looks physically done, and I'm pretty sure he's mentally done at that point. Um, And, like – when you see, when you saw that, like what, what is going through your head when you see Jordan going through kind of like these trials and travails and, and, you know, shutting out the media for a few weeks, if not a month or so, because he was just sick of dealing with the constant pressure. Um, so for me, I, uh, obviously I always had a perception of Jordan. I mean, besides obviously him as a family man and stuff, like I always thought his dealings with basketball was a clean slate. I didn't necessarily, I didn't, I actually never heard of him leaving the playoffs and going, I mean, obviously that night going to go to Vegas and, and gambling stuff. But um, man, I, I don't know, bro. Like even what you mentioned earlier, as far as like the demands that's being made on him as a basketball player. And then I guess they were using that to fuel the next couple of episodes, which then led to Jordan being mentally exhausted. And that's why he retired. My only thing is like, was Bar- like I'm, I'm guessing Ewing might have been having the same schedule. You know what I'm saying? Like Barkley might have been having the same schedule. Like I just feel like you, you visiting the kid is just something that every NBA player does before a game, especially nowadays. But with Jordan at that time, the gambling thing stuck out to me a lot. I think that was a cop out on him, right? Like not wanting to talk to the media. Then his Amar Rashad interview with the sunglasses, bro. That was terrible. I was like, 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 like. That was the Adi Boom interview all over, bro. I'm just like, Jordan, just go home, bro. Like, like if you did something, you would have been better. But um, for me, I, I really had – I had zero – I almost had zero sympathy for Jordan when he was saying he was physically tired and mentally tired, only because I guess, like, watching LeBron now, I'm a little spoiled with, like, yo, this dude's been, what, 17 years straight? You know what I'm saying? 17 years straight and not physically tired. I mean, he's he's out doing everything, making schools and stuff like that. And Jordan kind of using that. I'm just like, I don't know. So I don't know, man. Like, I think you might, you gotta understand it's a different time. 
So Jordan being the guy, the face of the league, um, everyone is expecting him to have this squeaky clean image. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's it's a it hits a little bit different um, than LeBron because LeBron he's grown up in the social media era, right? So he's used to all the slings and arrows, and he can block out a lot of that. Jordan, who was only used to positive coverage, like this is the first time where after the dream team, after this kind of worldwide adulation and and love, now people are starting to, for the first time, I don't want to say turn on him, right? But now in, now in today's society, we build you up to tear you down. And it took a while for that to happen to him. And so for the first time, it's happening to him. And now he's just like, well, yo, what else, what else do you want from me, right? What, what do you, what, I, I do all of these things, and yet now, you know, because a guy drops a book, now my gambling is a problem. And, like, and to, to your point, that Amal Rashad interview, like, he looked like a person with a, with a problem, yeah. right? Like, anytime you see somebody dark room, dark lighting, shades on, yeah. Michael, do you have a gambling problem? Yeah. No, I have a competition problem. Yeah, when he's like, yeah. you want to bet? I don't want to. You want to bet? Do I want to bet you don't have a? <laughs> yeah, okay, <right>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better not call me a snitch. I'll go tell on you. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. So this this brought up something when I watched it that I wanted to bring up um, with you guys because you guys are in the limelight. Um, you guys are in the limelight. You guys are, when you're out on the road, like I've been out with Ward and people just like, yo, you a Ward? Yo, yo, I love you. You know, so I've seen that a few times when we've been out and about like Oklahoma City, out in the just regular city, like stuff like that. So I want to ask you guys, like battle rap is, is one of those genres where you are more, you are more touchable to the accessible is the word I should go for there accessible to fans than any other group right um rappers you don't big time rappers are not as accessible they can be but they don't they can they choose whether or not they are you guys have to engage your audience because you're trying to build a fan base so that i mean honestly so that you can get views sell merch go on tour that type of thing yet um time pause pause (laughs) ethan Sir, I need you to leave. I need you to get out. I thought that was normal. No, that was not normal. <laughs> I played it off as long as I could. He said Norman, I thought. <laughs> well, I thought it was Norman. All right, so I wanted to ask you guys, um, because you guys are out in the public eye, you are um, being battle rappers, you guys are very accessible. You kind of have to be because you are, you know, trying to build a fan base um, that will – watch your battles, buy your merch, buy your music, things of that nature. Um, and so I feel like for you guys, it's kind of a two-pronged, uh, I don't, it's, it's it, you, you're, you're, you're on two different levels, right? You're the battle rapper, right? So you could be out and about and someone goes, yo, Loso, yo, I just watch you versus Arsenal, man. I love your stuff. But then there's the Christian aspect of it where it might be a believer who watches battle rap. And so, like, you could have just gotten into a knockout, drag-out argument with your wife. you gotten some bad news. Someone has irritated you. Yet, when they see you, they expect you to be 
not necessarily the person that they see on cam, but they're expecting you to be open, receiving, willing to listen to whatever they have to say, right? So how do you guys navigate that that feel with with that much accessibility to your to your lives? Um <clears throat> I would say that I'm not very careful about it. Like I <laughs> I I think that sometimes you should be just more mindful of being kind of to yourself. But at this point like I probably just give myself away and my accessibility and everything to just anybody and whoever right now. Um, but when it comes to like, uh, we're, I was talking with Loso earlier, like I always feel like every, like every situation that you, um, every, every engagement that you have with somebody is like an interview, you know? And it's kind of like, if that person sees me, I might want to act or feel a certain way, but that person could be somebody who wants to buy merch, who wants to share the video, who wants to do something to that extent in the future. And the way that I, you know, communicate back and forth with them has to be mindful of that, you know, because well, 99% of the time, the people that are I'm engaging with are not becoming a friend per se. They're not becoming somebody that is going to, you know, be on the podcast or I'm going to talk to weekly or whatever they're becoming you know a, a fan a supporter you know and um I've never I mean there's been times at battle events there's been times you know I know that uh you know when Loso and I did the two-on-two we got there and we they told us we were about to go on stage we didn't have a whole lot of time to like get around people wanted to do interviews they want to pull you this that and the third and we're like look you know like we're, we're one track minded till after the battle you know um, but most time people understand, understand that. Um, but I've never, I'm not at the point now to where like, I, I, I don't enjoy taking pictures or having conversations, but I do. I mean, I, I ignore a lot of messages. Like I ignore a lot of DMS on Instagram, a lot of DMS on Twitter. Um, you know, if people message people, if they, if they can't get a hold of you there, they're messaging me on my PlayStation four account and messages are popping up. Hey, you didn't, did you see my <laughs> Twitter DM? You know what I mean? So I spend a I, I do spend the time, you know, ignoring people if I don't have the energy for it. But, um, I wouldn't say it's at a level now to where it's like draining me or I, um, don't enjoy it. So. Okay. Loso. I think for me, man, um, having an outlet, where uh, I can, so for instance, like the full horseman, right? Like having a group chat um, where I can just talk casually about things that um, I, I, I probably couldn't necessarily voice on my social media or uh, just talk randomly, you know, obviously on a platform, it's like that. Not saying that it's like carnal conversation or something, but just regular day-to-day conversations, right? Um, I think that that's been helpful for me. Um, you know, I have like another Instagram, you know, saying that's apart from Loso. Like I have just like a, a Juan Carlos uh, Instagram, um, you know, and unfortunately, sometimes, you know, like for instance, uh, I just posted on, on Instagram like this TikTok video I did. Right. And it's a it's a joke of me dying and I'm on an elevator, you know, and I'm, I'm supposed to I'm thinking I'm going to heaven. Right. But the elevator ends up going down. And so I received actually at least, no lie, bro, at least six messages. Um, they were from believers and they were just like, hey, we don't think that that's funny. Um, you know, people die and go to hell every day. And that was their, that was their statement to me. And so um, I was just like, yeah, but you know, like, you know, like 
everyone knows that I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, right? Like it's, it's the, it's even part of our marketing on, on our social media. And so um, like, that was the funny part. Like I was trying to get them to understand that a church that I was actually doing a Bible school, a Bible um, study for um, a couple of days later had asked me if they, if I would take that down, can I take that post down or at least hide the post until the Bible study was done? And I did it. I told him no. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I wasn't really with it. So, uh, however, though, I do need to be mindful. I do need to be mindful of that, though, because um, unfortunately, when you're and I was just I was just saying this the other, the other day on social media, like the higher your platform, the less tolerant people will become. Right. Like you could have done the same exact thing and you're equally as saved as I am. Right. However, um, because, you know, you don't have the following. Right. Because the eyes aren't on you. Um, they don't you know, it, it doesn't necessarily hold the same weight. And so um, we need to understand, like, because we're given this uh, platform, this what this this is what comes with it. Like, and obviously, I can't necessarily compare myself to like the Tay Rocks and the Hitmans. Although, like, right, like we can watch some of their their encounter or their their interactions with fans, and we're like, like, bro, like, did you really say that? Like, all right, you're getting a little too emotional, or you're getting, but you got to think about it. They're getting it ten times more than a more than I, right? Then obviously, you know, we were talking about Michael Jordan, right? Like, he's getting it you know, 30, 40 times more. And so I try to be sympathetic to that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it just comes with it. Like, you guys aren't the first ones. We're not the first ones. We're not going to be the last ones. You're right, man. We're walking, you know, through um, – I'm walking through Times Square with T-Top, right? And I'm watching, like, the fans flood this man. And they're just like, yo, T-Top, I love this guy. You know, and I'll get, like, you know, one every, like, you know, six or seven blocks. You know what I'm saying? But – T-top, they're lined up at the at the door. And so um, maybe we haven't gotten there. And I, I, I agree with A-Ward, too. Like, I'm not at the point where I'm kind of, like, you know, shoving people away. I do try to answer everybody on IG unless it's something crazy. But um, I think it's just like, man, you know what? It just comes with it. And I think what's been helping me out, though, is A-Ward, Saga, uh, Street Hems, like, being able to kind of just communicate with them, screenshot messages, send it to them. Hey, what do y'all think? And, you know, we kind of bounced it off, off of each other. That's what's up. That's what's yeah, up. we had this conversation, me and Loso, because he, he brought, like, to my attention that church and how they were, you know, how they approached him. And then we also talked, like, we also talked, like, <clears throat> because we've signed up for this, like, I, I personally wouldn't go try to become a full-time pastor and a full-time battle rapper, you know, because I know that the way that I engage fans and the way that I communicate on Twitter and – how I handle myself with a battle rap platform is probably going to be like oil and what is it? Oil and vinegar or oil and water. water. What's to say? Oil, water. And oil and water. You know, it's, it's not really gonna, there's going to be too many things, you know, like that, you know, that kind of clash between the both of them, you know? And so like, you've got to be mindful of the battle rap, the battle rap fan, the battle rap supporter. And then, context because i think about it all the time when i see certain people on my twitter who just follow me from way back or whatever and i'm just like yo they probably what do they think of me you know like what like when they see me retweet all of these things or they see me you know engaging back and forth with people about battle rap and stuff like hey, this dude just met me at the freaking quick trip you know and doesn't know me he knows me because i freaking used to work at waterway or something like that you know like and so trying to be mindful of the context there and like how, you know, how you engage and communicate 
is 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 difficult too because it's just so board like with our what, what's unique though is that like we'll have the hardcore battle rap fan right who's not even in the church and then we have some like pastors and leaders who know that we're doing some sort of missionary work right but they're not clicking on our battles necessarily right so they don't understand the context so they see us tweeting like like i told ward i said like i've spoken at conferences right i get i get to these like Lutheran conferences where it's like the majority, like, like the, the average age is like 50, bro. And like, they're great guys, right? But they're watching, they follow Loso just because we've communicated, they heard me preach. And they're like, oh, cool, this seems like a great, great guy. Now they're seeing me, you know, going back and forth. But I'm like, snake eyes, bro. You can't see me on a stage and you can't see me in real life. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, bro. <laughs> and it's like, you know, like, I, like they, you know, I, I don't know how to communicate that to them, but just to let them know, like, yo, I have a variety of people following me and I try to, you know, that's why you'll see me quote some Puritans, even though I know John, John and Bad News have no idea who Thomas Watson and Richard Baxter are, right? You'll see me go ahead and talk about <laughs> who's better, Mook and Lux, even though, you know, John Piper has no idea who the goats in battle rap are. Like, it's just, it's just, it's like a balance that we have to kind of find, but we have to be ourselves, bro. And I think that's what oh, makes us. Hold on, John. No, he doesn't follow John me. John Piper follows you? I was to say, I like. <laughs> hey, hold up, hold up. Oh, John Piper followed me for about maybe a, a month. I remember you told me that. <laughs> followed me for about a month. And um, I am blocked by Mark Driscoll. <laughs> I'm blocked by Jeff Geechee, Driscoll. It's Geechee Gotti's fault. <laughs> Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Gotti's fault that I'm blocked by Mark Driscoll. That is the funniest <laughs> sentence ever. I'm blocked that. by Mark Driscoll and it's Geechee Gotti's fault. Like, you never thought, if you listen to Battle Rap, you never thought you would hear the name Mark Driscoll and Geechee Gotti in the same thing. But yes. <laughs> Carlos, I remember you being on Twitter trying to tell Mark, like, yo, I was, I'm an innocent bystander here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. It's not like, yo, like, I bought your first book, bro. Unblock me. Somebody get this to Pastor Mark. Tell him to unblock me, man. I, That's so I, funny that the, pa like, pastors have these tweets, like how me and Loso have been getting them the last month, right, where it's a, a random tweet that Loso will see and be like, yo, A-Ward has me blocked. Will somebody please tell me why or whatever, you know? And then, like, somebody will message me. And it's like, hey, Ward, can you hit up Loso because I got blocked. All I did was say that he did this wrong. Or whatever. So I can see this this, this pastors, somebody else, always, like, hey, hey, yo, we <laughs> And Ward, it's always a condensed version of what actually happened. It's like, yeah, you know, I just told Loso that, you know, I just felt daylight edged them. And then I go look up the tweet and it's like, listen here, you fake disciple. I don't even know why you <laughs> But, you know, and I'm like, that's why you got blocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny. That, yeah, I think at some point, you guys on the show, we're going to have to have an unblock me session where you get three people. And this is an idea that is not original. I'm still in this from Bobani Jones. But he has an Unblock Me Both segment where, like, he, he picks three people. He reads the tweet. He reads the tweet that got them blocked. And he chooses, okay, you get to be unblocked. He calls them on the phone and says, <laughs> That's awesome. you, you've been unblocked. And like, the mo and, like, nine times out of ten, the person is like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I was out of pocket that day. I was tripping. Yeah, or yeah. sometimes, but mine, like, look, I was just being, like, you talk about this, this whole price of fame and, and accessibility. Like, he's like, nah, I was tripping that day. Like, I, I had a bad day. 
what you said wasn't even that bad. I just got you out the paint just because I, you just irritated me a little bit, right? Yeah. And so, like, at some point, we're going to have to steal that and have an unblock me A-word. Nah, we, we need the Loso edition. The Loso edition is a classic. Yeah. Hilarious. But, yeah, man, Pastor Mark, I'm serious, bro. Get at me. <laughs> like, I ain't had nothing to do with that. Geechee got out here talking about ducking smoke and all this stuff, man. And he just added me. I had nothing, I didn't even say nothing in, in the thread. I understand you and Geechee having, like, an exchange of conversation, but how did Mark Driscoll get added in that conversation? Because Geechee, somebody, I think it was Riggs, said something about Ward ducking. Okay. And, and so, like, that's the funniest Geechee. part of this conversation is Ward Duck and Riggs. So <laughs> Geechee, like he asked Joel Osteen, TD Jakes, Mark Driscoll, like he 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 basically finds like a bunch of famous pastors and no, says, Yo, this is how y'all Christians get out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then like all of a sudden, you know, then everybody jumps in the comments, oh Ward Duck and Smoke, he don't want smoke with Riggs, and Riggs jumps in and then so it's conversation back and forth. And so I'm just kind of reading and laughing. And I click on Pastor Mark, and he goes, you've been blocked. You can no longer view tweets from it. I'm like, yo, what, what did I do? So. Yeah, so Geechee, when he went to add pastors, he just add, and he put the word pastor in, and he just hit the first couple of ones that <laughs> had, to. Yeah. had to. I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea. But, yeah, he, he added a – so while we're talking about being blocked and being unblocked, this also leads me to bring up the story, and I probably told this on the, on the show, of one of the the more infuriating blocks that I have in my life, and that is Bun B from UGK. I am blocked by Bun B from UGK. Um, So when Philip Avery died, who was Uncle Phil on The Fresh Prince, people were putting up RIP photos of Bun B saying, rest in peace, Uncle Phil, right? All I said was, man, somebody else said, uh, put up Bun B's face and said, RIP, Uncle Phil. That's all I said. That's all I said. Like, I didn't laugh. I just said, shaking my head. And then I went and looked, like, like two years later. I wasn't even following Bumby no more. Somebody mentioned him in the tweet, and I was like, I'm just going to run through his timeline real quick, see what he's talking about. And that must have said I'm blocked. So some, somebody hollered Bumby for me, too, and get me unblocked. Because, I, again, I did nothing wrong. But I digress. All right, so now that we've kind of gotten off of, off of this heavy topic of the price of fame and accessibility and how you guys deal with, with fans, I got a question. So – Loso, man, I don't think you ever – Ward, have you ever played in Jordans before? Uh, I played in some mellow Jordans. Ward, you ever played uh, – Loso, you ever played in Jordans before? Uh-huh. I have to ask this question because I know in that episode – this might have been either five or six. He talks about um, playing the last game time he thought he was going to be playing in the Garden, and he wears the Jordan 1s. And he wears the original Jordan 1s to play against them. He puts up 40, 50 points. He's like, at halftime, my feet are soaked with blood, like, because the design of the shoe was just terrible. Are Jays a, truly a basketball shoe, or are they more so a lifestyle shoe? Because I've had some Jays on, and after a while, like, your feet start to get a little bit uncomfortable in Jays if you've been – especially if you do a, a high level of walking. So I can't imagine trying to play in, like, threes, right, yeah. or four. So – are they more a lifestyle shoe or are they a bas- Are they a truly a basketball shoe? So for me, well, obviously they have to. They were originally a basketball shoe, and Jordan obviously became a goat in those shoes. So I mean, it works. But 
Um, for me, as far as it being comfortable, man, I, like the four teams were good to play in. Like they, they actually worked and uh, the tents. But I have played in some, some Jordans where I was like, yo, I can't do this. I can't play in the 11s. I can't play in, you know, in the sevens or whatnot. Like they just weren't, you know, they just weren't basketball shoes. And so for me, obviously, I've bought, I've, I've bought a, uh, you know, a couple of them. But uh, they just seem to be more of a lifestyle shoe for me. And I think that's kind of just how people rock them anyway. Besides P.J. Tucker, I don't know anybody else who wears retro Jordans in the NBA today. Retro. True, true, true. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you have Jordan, you know, uh, guys, which, by the way, Lil Shane was saying, I just want everybody to know, Carmelo Anthony was the first NBA player to have his own line with the Jordan line after Jordan. Before that, everybody else was just rocking Jordans. Carmelo was the first player to get his own. But anyway, um, I think that they're a lifestyle shoe, bro. I don't know how comfortable uh, they, they really could be. But, like I said, Jordan made it work, though. Okay. I mean, in, Ward, you and your mellows? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I only played once in, in the mellows or whatever, and I didn't notice too much difference. I was playing in LeBron's at the time. Uh, that's what I was That's what I was wearing to, to play in. Um, I think this was probably 2008, nine, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Harleys. Har- people that ride Harleys, they have a Harley club. You know, people that drive, you know – Acuras or like, you know, like just like anything, everybody's always looking for a reason to be a part of a club, you know. And I think that that's what it is with Jordans, with him being the goat or whatever. Sneakerheads and people like, you know, people people like to 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 be able to say that they collect Jordans or they, you know. I remember the the first pair of Jordans that I ever owned, like Jordans, not like the Mellow Jordans or whatever, was you know I got from Reese a year or two ago, right? And so. Like I'm, I'm getting on the plane and some guys like, yo, those are the such and suches, and I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I got the such and suches, and the boom. It's like a foreign language to me, you know. Like even Loso's just, I thought Loso's calling out Powerball numbers. Like I don't know what, the, you know, the, <laughs> I don't know what the fourteens and the tens and the sevens are. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I couldn't. Like you could say every number of every Jordan right now, and I cannot picture which Jordan that is. Like I don't know. You so know? if I say the word patent leathers, mean nothing to you. Yeah, now the patent leather ones, those are the ones when you was a kid, everybody called them the patent leather Jordans. They got the patent leather around here, and they're white, and yeah, I know those, you know? But, like, I I hear the term bread 11s, and I hear the term different, like, all these different things or whatever, but I don't, I can't picture what that is in my mind. Like, I don't know, you know? Um, but, yeah, I think it's, I think it's basically now it's just, a, it's a lifestyle shoe. Um, I, I would, I would argue that Timberlands are probably not the best boots to work in, so, um, you know, Jordan. I don't know. I feel like pro- those are what those were made for, though. Man, Red Wings or there's some boots out there that were made for working. You know what I mean? Like, so Jordans are probably not the best to hoop in, but I think that it's I think that it's very fascinating how um, much Jordans cost and how much people will pay. You know, collectors and different people. Um, I find it fascinating that people are. Very, very big on that. Um, I feel like I need, I'm need. i going to have to end up clipping. Some of y'all put 20% in every time Jordan passed around the shoebox. I feel like I'm going to have to put you're, that in. You're talking to somebody who owned a pair of bathing apes before he owned a pair of Jordans. So <laughs> I obviously don't care anything about shoes. <laughs> Yo, um, notification just came up. NBA return gaining momentum. Oh, okay. oh okay. we don't believe in that. I'm not trying to have an argument right now. I'm not having an argument right now. 
I, Why not? I have, I'm keeping this train on the track because I'm not trying to okay, be like, okay. on show. Okay, yeah. We don't need the train getting that momentum. Because you know? trains actually have momentum. A1 doesn't believe in momentum in sports. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, that's yeah. for ESPN News, though. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Maybe. So, by the way, because you talked about that at the beginning of the show, so quick detour, because we we're about to jump into the other episodes. But um, a couple of the plans that they've talked about are about holding games exclusively in Vegas or Orlando and having the players stay at a like Disney World Resort, right, because they have all those villas, maximum space for the players and their families to stay. Um, they had about maybe a month left in the regular season. So you're talking about maybe a month left for regular season basketball so they can conclude that, that portion of the season. Then you send home, what, about half to, you know, 55%, 60% of those players because they're eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the playoffs start, right? So that was one of the plans that's being floated about. Vegas has also – I feel like that – is that is – that, did you do that on purpose? Anyway, um, Vegas – I just realized I had Jordan on my hat. I was like, hey, you might as well turn it around. Vegas is being thrown about as another destination for them to do that same thing. Um, so that is probably part of that momentum. I think you mentioned the Avengers, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and kind of other senior players had a call. I saw a tweet from John Morant who said, I want to play. Um, so, you know, I think these guys want to play. The NBA probably wants to get a conclusion to their season. Um, just so they can have, they don't have this missing, you know, who won the championship in 2019 or 20, yeah, 2019, 2020 season, you know, discontinued because of pandemic, right? So there is momentum, momentum for that. I will say that there is momentum for that. Carlos, what, like, my only thing is, okay, let's say they do say, okay, we're back in action. What does that look like? Because my only thing is like, like, what do you tell like a team like, Portland, who was four games behind Memphis, right? And there's 20 games left in the season, right? Do we just start at the playoffs? Do we just like, hey, look, sorry about that? Or do you finish out the regular season and then go into the playoffs? So, how to finish the regular season, I would think. Yeah, I think you finish the regular season because I think there's enough, there's enough uh, time where, like, so I feel like either way, if they decide to finish off the season, they're going to have to start November, December. If I were the NBA, I would say you start at Christmas, right? You do – you have, like, like a lockout shortened season. It's only 50 games. You get through the rest of your regular season. You get through your playoffs. You crown a champion. Go into your – I mean, their, their offseason basically begins the basically the day the finals ends because the draft is a week later normally. Um, so you have your free agent period, all that good stuff. Um, and then, like I said, you start in December and you have 50 games and you try to run it back into your normal schedule. Hopefully this pandemic is, has, will come to an end or if it flares up again, maybe it won't be as catastrophic as it was the first time. We'll be a lot more prepared. Vaccines, drugs that can deal with it will be around to, to deal with any other flare-ups that may arise. But, yeah, if I'm the NBA, I want to, like you said, you had a compelling – maybe not compelling, but an interesting playoff race in the West. Yeah. Pelicans, John Morant and the Grizzlies. Um, I think the Kings might have been hovering around there too. Um, and you got, like you said, the Trailblazers, right? You have these teams that are fighting um, to be that, that A seed. And then right before everything broke down, I mean, you had Zion versus LeBron, yeah. right? And the NBA would love to have the Pelicans somehow make up that ground 
get that eight seed, and then that's your eight-one matchup, right? Do Do you look at like five-game series for the first two rounds? Man, I don't. I wouldn't want that simply because. So, and this is a parallel. Um, parallel. This is a parallel between uh, kind of the documentary and the NBA season. So, when Jordan faces the Magic, right in '95, and they lose in six games. Um, and he's like, yeah, my legs, you know, I wasn't in basketball shape, um, you know, and I just didn't have the legs for it. To me, if you do that shortened series like that, you could have some upsets where maybe LeBron is after what? This has been two months? After two, three-month layoff, you know, at his age, at, especially in terms of games played, like he just can't ramp it up like that. And so he gets upset by the Rockets in the second round, right? Just because he just didn't have the, the, the bounce back at this period in his career after being laid off for that long. Um, so I would try to get as many seven-game series as possible so that way the, the cream could rise to the top. Let's, okay, Carlos. So obviously I know we're giving you questions like you're the end of the but I do want to <laughs> So, okay, now how valid – would this ring be to any champion this year because of the circumstances? Because my thing is like, so for instance, you have somebody like Giannis, right? Who was probably not going to play the rest of the season because of his, his injury, right? Mm-hmm. Which would have gave maybe LeBron the MVP edge. Yeah, if you do finish out the season, right? Giannis comes back. Giannis is probably healed up by now. Giannis comes back, finishes off the regular season, and boom, he, he's ready, right? So cool, he wins the MVP. Or somebody like Kevin Durant, who might be ready for some action, right? Let's say they do play in December. Now teams who were going to face Brooklyn as a sixth seed, who did not have to worry about a Kevin Durant on that team, now has to worry about a Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you see how like there, there's, situ- there's scenarios and situations where – or even Portland getting fully healthy now, right? Like now they have Nurchick back and they have, you know, all these other guys. So, like – like, what do you do with those situations where you're like, look, we know how this ended up panning out, but KD wasn't supposed to take the Brooklyn Nets all the way to the final, or this dude wasn't supposed to do, because they weren't even supposed to be in the situation if the season would have ended when it, when it did end. So let me, let, let me turn that but question. Asterisk by this by this championship. So let me turn this question around to y'all. If you're the Nets organization, right, Kyrie's been out. I don't know if he's supposed to be out for the rest of the season, um, but he was going to miss significant time. Kevin Durant, who by this time has got to be close to 100%, if not at 100%. Yeah. You, as an organization, do you guys turn around and ask those two guys, this represents a great opportunity, if nothing more than just to get to start the ball rolling on your conditioning towards the next season. We, yeah. see, we see where we can go, and then we see where, you know, how far we take this thing, but this starts – this is part of your rehab process for 2020-21. So would you guys ask them to, to come back? I would, bro. I would. I think, like, I mean, like you said, bro, there were already speculations of KD possibly coming back earlier, right? Like, hey, he could have pushed it and made it back in the, in the, in the, at the end of the season. Now that, like, let's say hypothetical, it does start in December, bro, KD and Kyrie healthy? I mean – I mean, granted, it sucks for Philly if they played it. You know, if they're the three seed, right? No, 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 no. He's saying the next year starts in December. No, no, no. I'm saying, would you ask them if the NBA season comes back this year? 
Do you yeah, ask yeah. those two guys to come right. back? Right. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. But I think Loso was getting to that you were thinking the, be, the, the beginning of the rest of this year's season would start in December. It, I don't think it'll start in December. Like, I think they're trying to get this thing cracking, like, in – Right. June. Right, oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay. And you were saying get this, finish this season, and then start the NBA season in December of yeah, next December. year yeah. and do a fifty-game so, season. Yeah, so, yeah. So let's say, let's say they do say, um, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and get this thing started in, you know, at, in the middle of June or something like that." Well, now I think, bro, like, go ahead, like, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie are healthy and we're the sixth seed. Yeah, I'm looking at the Philly C. I'm looking at the Philly series, and I'm like, "Yo, yeah, we got the advantage now." You know what I'm saying? Who really wants to see Kevin, a healthy Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving walk into the uh, arena? You know what I'm saying? Like, man, we only had to worry about Dinwiddie at first. You know what I'm saying? Now we got now we got these two dudes. So hey, shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. <laughs> what you say? I, I said shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie. You just kind of yeah. dismissively said we just Dinwiddie. Shout out to Spencer. That's all. But. You, you know, the scouting report isn't like, you know, we don't have 10 pages on it. You know what I'm saying? But if they do show up, I'm I, as an organization for Brooklyn, bro, I'm like, yo, let's go. This is a perfect opportunity, bro. We had 0% chance of making the making any noise. Now our chances are through the roof. True, true. Ward, what do you think? What do you do? Uh, well, let me ask you this, and it's rhetorical. Do you think there's a percentage of NBA players that would like to say, you know what? I don't think we should be playing basketball this soon. And yeah. if so, are they should should teams be able to say to them like, you know, you either pay or you either play or you don't get. You know, I mean, is it like, hey, you're under contract to play, you play or you don't get paid. You know, is that kind of thing, or is there should be there, you know, because I don't think everybody's on board. Yeah, the teams that are eliminated. <laughs> but I mean, you still have to have those games, right? Like, I mean, when you're looking yeah. at the bottom of the barrel teams, they still no. got to play the Grizzlies so that the Grizzlies can get their win That's and get, right. you know. That is true. That is true. So you can't just take out the bottom 10, you know, the bottom, you know, yeah. how many teams. So I think that, I think that overwhelmingly, if you could poll every player in the league, they are going to say, yes, I want to come back and play. I think the, the minor, I think the amount of players who say, I don't want to play during this because I'm afraid of catching, you know, coronavirus is going to be a, a very small percentile because you got to think these guys are athletes. They want to compete. They want to play. And, and again, a lot of these guys probably think not that, that they have the Rudy Gobert, like, you know, where they're just going around, <laughs> yeah. right. And just touching everything and, and not treating it seriously at all. But I think a lot of these guys probably think we're going to be quarantined. We're going to be in one place, right? Yeah. Uh, the contact we're going to have is going to be, and I'm pretty sure they're going to test all these players initially going into it. Yeah. Right. So if everyone comes back negative, then you got to say to yourself, okay, we can probably get through it. And we're all in one place and we're not. Now that's the part you got to worry about. Will people stay on the resort? Will people, it's Orlando. Orlando's a nice city. Got some nice places to visit. Will people get off that resort Especially right. like you know, if you if you have two or three days off, will somebody try to go to Miami? You know, so I yeah. I think that's that's the thing that um, that I that I would be concerned about. But like I said, I think so. That what's number, there? Thirty two or thirty NBA teams? Thirty. Okay, and so roughly what your each NBA team has twelve to twelve to thirteen 15. players? Is it fifteen? Yeah, they they carry as many as fifteen. 
so 450 players, you would say that probably less than 10% of them? i say like 2%. Really? If I had to guess, I think the number's going to be that low. So I, one, these guys want to try – well, they're, they're still getting paid, but if they, if they cancel the season, they lose some of that money. So money is going to be the motivating factor, right? These guys are want to want to play because they want to still get paid. And, I mean, and I don't know how everybody's managing that bread, but everybody's not LeBron James where they've got an empire. Or, heck, even Melo. Like, Melo's got some off-the-court stuff. He's got – Kevin Durant's got off-the-court stuff. Chris Paul has state form. Um, and Black Jake running around. And Alfonso yeah. Ribeiro. So, you know, I mean, every the everyone, everybody's situation is different. So, I'm pretty sure there's some guy or some rookie or some uh, minimum wage player in the uh, – minimum salary player in the league who's like, yo, I need this bread. So, we, we need to get back to work so my check doesn't get shorted if the season gets canceled. So, I don't know. Right. I agree with you. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban has openly said, though, he's not necessarily for it. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense to not, to not – I mean, Mark Cuban can afford to say that in a sense. Like, it hurts his pockets not to have – if the Mavericks don't have a seat rest of the season. But, like, from that standpoint, I get it. Not only because of the health and safety aspect of it, but – the Mavericks were on in line to make the playoffs for the first time since 2013, maybe 14, right? And so you want to have your fans in attendance when that happens. Yeah. And like we talked about in the show last time, like you can bring sports back and ratings will be great, but that does nothing for the economies in which these, uh, in which these sit, in which these, cities reside like it does nothing for them if they're in orlando playing unless unless the sports bars can open but like those 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 downtown areas in dallas and miami and chicago and so on and so forth like they can't fully bounce back if there's no patrons to patronize and those two and the two biggest markets for sports i mean you have california and new york bro they're shut down like there's no way they're 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 allowing anything yeah yeah yeah, it's uh, it's, I hate it. Like I, I agree with LeBron. I think he's softening his stance, but I would not want to have to play games without fans. Like there's just there is an energy to having fans in the stadium, um, that make the difference. It, it'll be fascinating to watch an empty stadium because you're gonna hear everything that these players are saying and doing. Um, but man, it's just if you've been in the stadium during a packed game, during a a, a highly anticipated game, I should say, there's nothing like it. Yeah, I think LeBron has been the most vocal of wanting to get back on the court. And I don't know if you saw his post. He said he doesn't know how he would find closure if they just cancel the season. Because I know in his mind, he thinks, you know, this is this like we're, we're winning the ring. Yeah, I'm winning the ring. If I finish the season, I'm, I'm, I got the MVP, you know, and, you know, it's going to it's going to be I, as much as I'm not like a, a LeBron fanatic. I, w- I do sympathize with them because it's like, dang, bro, you did all that, and then, you know, situation just kind of just shut down. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, I want – I personally have not missed sports that greatly. Um, maybe it's because I've been so busy with other things in my life that I haven't had time um, seeing – like, I've been able to watch some old-school basketball. I've been able to watch some, like, classic games here and there. But I, I'm, I haven't missed sports. I haven't missed it. 
Um, and that's crazy because you are one of the people who is like pro NBA over NFL, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so like me, like I, like I've missed sports, but like come Saturdays in the fall, if we're not playing football, it'll do something to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Sunday, okay. if there's no fantasy football, no NFL, like that, like that will do something to me right now because I really only like really honed in on the NBA during the playoffs. And I just casually kind of watch my favorite teams during the season. And plus it's baseball season right now too. I'm not really missing too much cause I never really like, but Saturdays in the fall, Sundays, you know, that's when you'll start to see yeah. people's livelihood. That's see, true. I, I'll probably agree with you on that. It's simply because like so much, like you said, like with fantasy football, um, with college football, like so much community is built around that. Like I'm a hardcore NBA fan and I'm probably the biggest hardcore NBA fan in our, in our groups. Right. So like, granted, I can talk that stuff with you guys, but I'm more so going out into social media and, and getting my fix of discussion and content. Mm-hmm. Um, but like football, like you're right. Like I'm in several fantasy football league groups. I'm, uh, you know, we're talking about college, we're talking about recruiting, we're talking about all the stuff that surrounds that. And so not to have it, it, it probably, I probably would miss it more because of the, the community that comes from that. So you're absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely right. Uh, but yeah, I haven't missed, I mean, like I said, I've, with the Last Dance documentary, it's given me a chance to uh, learn a lot more. So, and because of time, I'm going to hold off on these next couple episodes and we'll do like a wrap up. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do want to bring up from that episode, from that, that final episode last week was, as a kid, when I see Jordan in 96 collapsed on the floor, after they win the championship, he's in the locker room by himself and he's got the basketball. Like, I don't think we heard, I don't think they, we were loud. I don't think they played the sound from that when it happened in, in real time. But like, as an adult, listening to him like sob and just like openly weep like that. Um, that was, that did something to me. Um, knowing the relationship that he had with his father, um, knowing, you know, he was, he was always around. He left the game in part because his dad died and to see the emotion just come pouring out of him and a man who gave you none of that, right? Like, at least openly, at least publicly. You saw it behind the scenes. You saw it. They talked about it in practice a lot. But seeing him just, like, broken like that in front of not necessarily – well, the world is in, a, in part because we saw him. We knew he was crying. But to hear that sound, man, like, that was that was a lot for me to, to take in and just, like, thinking about my relationship with my son, um, my relationship with my father. Like, that kind of thing just was – that was a lot. That was a lot to take in. Um, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but but yeah, that was a great way to end that that last episode. I felt like they did. Uh, at least I was hearing it. I mean, I thought that they did. Um, they did make sure that they emphasized his his weeping on that championship floor. Yeah, I don't know. Happened live? I mean, you didn't watch it live. He's talking about when it happened live. When it happened live, I don't remember them. They might have did it when it happened live. I don't remember it happening live. And even if I did, I was talking about the last dance though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Like. That's what I'm saying. Like in real time, I don't think they did. And even if if even if they had, I was 14. Right, right. So like I wouldn't have been able to process it, you know, in a mature way or in the proper way at that time. But like 
given everything, the picture they had painted prior to that, um, that was, like I said, that was just, that was a really heavy moment. Like they really ended those last two episodes, you know, with, with actually, you know what? I take that back. We will talk about one thing before we close out. George's leadership style. Are you are you are you rock are you rocking with that? Are you rocking with George's leadership style or not? I feel like you have to, bro. Like it was so like, you know, I mean, I, the mindset behind what Jordan was saying, and even when he started weep, when he started crying at the end, and he was like, "Yo, I need a break." Like for me, I was like, "Dang!" Like he really loves winning, and he hates the fact that his mindset during that time, like his his method. Um, it's kind of shunned upon. You know, I think that's why he was breaking it out. Maybe I interpreted it wrong, but I felt like he was just overwhelmed by like, yo, like, I don't know why people hated it. Like, I wanted them to get the same satisfaction I was getting during winning. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm for it, bro. Um, I know people were kind of like, you know, gloating about Scotty's leadership when Jordan left, and they were like, yo, he had a softer touch, and it did this, and it did that. Yeah, well, you didn't win the ring. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's Jordan. It's that. It's that killer mentality, man. So I'm, I'm for it. First of all, the Bulls were robbed against the Knicks by a phantom foul call, uh, in which they had a chance to close out the series. So I am. I would, I would say that it, I would say it parallels with probably Bill Belichick's leadership style. I mean, I'm sure that he. I mean, he's probably not as cutthroat, you know. But I would, I would say that you know, the guy probably loves winning so much, you know, and that's why you don't see a lot from him. You man, a few words, you know, you buy into me, you win, you don't see ya, you know, we'll cut you, you know, you could be the best player on a team and you know, you can go play for somebody else type mentality. I'm going to disagree because I think Bill Belichick. So I, I'll use the, the analogy of tools in the toolbox when dealing with people, Right especially as a football coach, because I think there's a different level than being a player. Like as a coach, you have to know how to deal with different personalities, different ways. Um, but with Jordan, I felt what like. What tool did he use on Aaron Hernandez? Oh, God. Oh, God. I, 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 no comment, no comment. I would say it's about Jordan. Jordan was a guy who the only tool he had in his, tool, in his toolbox was a hammer. So yeah. if it was a nail, I'm pulling out the hammer. If it was a screw, I'm pulling out the hammer. If it was something that he could have simply just twisted in, he's pulling out the hammer. You know, and, like, yeah. the way he treats Scott Burrell, the way he treats – like, I, I, knowing the type of person I am, me and Mike would have had to fight. Come and on, maybe, maybe he wins. Maybe he wins that fight. But he's going to respect – he's going to respect me afterwards because, like, you can only push my button so far. And to me, the fact that I, the fact that Mike goes, "Hey, uh, Scott Burrell, I want him to fight me, but in a good way." What kind of fights? What? 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 Is there a good fight? There's a good fight. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? If I'm Scott Burrell, there's no way I take that. Because in so many words, he calls Scott Burrell soft. Yeah. And if I'm Scott Burrell, like maybe I wouldn't fight you then because I'm afraid if I fight you, I'm going to get blackballed from the league. But like, ain't nothing but time and opportunity now, Mike. Like, I'm, I'm retired. You retired. You can run my fade real quick, bro. Like, I can't do I, – I, you can't be on national TV calling me soft, talking about I love partying the girls too much. That, that scene where, he, uh, where he's guarding Scott and Scott is, like, doing this and Mike is just like, bro, yeah. get out of my face. Get out of my – like, so, I mean, 
you read low, so you referenced Scotty. And I feel like after 18, an 18 month layoff, that he should have been able to gain some perspective looking at how the Bulls played, looking at Scotty's leadership style, and seeing how successful they were. Granted, it didn't end in a championship, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that was any fault of Scotty that they didn't win. And that when he came back, it would have allowed him to somewhat at least deal with people in practice a different way versus just being a, a, an a-hole and just being this jerk for, you know, six to eight months out of the season. Um, but it didn't. He came back the same guy. Um, so I don't know, man. Like, I think – I don't think you have to be that guy to win a championship. Uh, he would have regretted it. He would have regretted it if he came back a different guy and they didn't win. I think I think Jordan needed therapy. I think he has upset – I think he – so I saw a tweet that I thought was interesting that said, I don't know if Jordan had a love for the game more so than he had a love of – beating people just so he can shove it in their face. And I think there's something to that. Like, I think the dude, he's obsessed with winning. And the one question I have from this documentary that won't get answered that I want someone to ask him, how does it make him feel to be the owner of a team that has only made the playoffs, I think, once in his tenure? And that was like two or three years ago. Someone who is is as obsessed with winning as he is. How does it make him feel now to not be able to do anything about it, but watch this franchise and Charlotte just be an also ran year after year after year after year? So I that would be the question that I want answered from Jordan now. But anything else you guys want to say on the subject before we close it out? No, nah, I'm good. Good. Cool, cool, cool. So y'all let us know what y'all think, man, about this Jordan. I shouldn't call it the Jordan documentary, but it's really on the Bulls last season. This last dance documentary. Let us know what y'all think about that. Um, hit us up Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. Let us know what y'all think about the, the documentary. What do you guys think about the NBA coming back to play? Um, should they do it? Award mentioned that some of the some of the guys might have reservations. Would you have a reservation if they asked you to come back and play? Um, Hey, shout us out about your favorite football, uh, favorite college football team. We want to hear from my college football fans out there. What, who's your team? Give us your record for the year. We'll see what, get, what kind of uh, traction we get on that. Um, tomorrow, the world premiere finally dropping. Loso and Award versus B. Don Geechee Gotti. King of the Dot, man, is going to be premiere for that. Go check that out. That needs to be a million view battle. It is that good. Um, Man, that's it. Until next time, you tune into it's a black and white thing, man. We'll holler at y'all next week. <laughs> Deuces.